The future of Golden State Warriors president of basketball operations, general manager Bob Myers, is in doubt. Right now, no one except for Bob Myers himself knows if he's coming back to the Golden State Warriors next year. It's a major cause for concern. And we're going to talk about why Bob Myers is incredibly important and means so much to the Golden State Warriors. Plus, I'm going to cover some recent news about the Warriors next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. Uh, Kylan Mills will join me tomorrow and Friday, one of those shows being an hour long. We're going to discuss potential trades. We're going to explore the free agent landscape around the NBA uh, so follow us on Twitter at Locked On Dubs, where we announce what time we go on, uh, and also uh, the pin tweet at the top of the Locked On Warriors Twitter account. Again, it's at Locked On Dubs um, has a tweet that's really more of a thread, inviting people to propose trades of your own. Uh, we're going to address any and all of them that are there. Again, that starts tomorrow. Uh, and it'll be our first live show of the week. I've been recording a bunch of these just because there's so much to get to, uh, and and time is limited. So um, in today's show, I promise I do this show, and the day is here, and it's all about Bob Myers. Bob Myers right now uh, is about to become an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he's had two contract offers uh, from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the first one was an offer that uh, Myers was not happy with at all. Um, it was an offer that did not make him the highest paid GM or executive in the NBA. And he turned it down. Uh, then a second offer came in that was increased. I don't know what the amount was. I don't know if that offer made him the highest, would make him the highest paid executive in the NBA. But regardless, he also rejected that one. And right now his decision comes down to two things. One is family. Uh, Connell Letourneau, again, wrote a great piece in the San Francisco Chronicle uh, detailing the Myers situation and um, his sources and the Chronicle sources. Uh, and, and I have validated this as well. Um, are reporting that one huge variable in terms of whether or not Bob Myers will come back is his family. He has three young daughters. Uh, he's a, a married individual, hopefully happily. And um, part of what's affecting him, part of what's going into the decision-making process for Bob Myers coming back to the team next year is whether or not he wants to continue to make the commitment, which involves a lot of hours away from home. That's a tough call. Um, but money, make no mistake, is also playing a huge part of it. He wants to be the highest paid executive in the NBA, and rightfully so. I don't know how you could blame him. Uh, today's show, we're going to cover his history, what he has done for the Golden State Warriors in 11 years at the helm, and the resume is damn impressive. 
Um, first things first, though. Uh, Steve Kerr uh, was a guest on the Golden State Warriors flagship radio station, 95.7 The Game. And that's really the only place where both Myers, where both Kerr and Bob Myers um, are sit down for these long form interviews. You don't really see them doing that that much anywhere else. And so you're oftentimes getting interesting answers from them. Um, and so the host asked uh, Bob Myers about Jonathan Kaminga. And more specifically, why didn't Jonathan Kaminga play? And also about Kaminga's comments immediately after uh, game six of the NBA finals, um, where it was reported that Kaminga and his representatives plan to meet with the Warriors at some point to determine his future with the team. And that if that did not involve a full-time role, and again, a full-time role does not mean him being a starter, but it does mean him not getting DNPs, him not being benched for playoff series, uh, and him getting a consistent run each game, whether that is 20 to 25 minutes, uh, 30 plus minutes. I don't know. I don't know what the specifics of that. I imagine 25 plus minutes is ideally what Kaminga is probably looking for. And uh, and Steve Kerr had what I thought was a great response to that. So why don't we first uh, start the show by taking a listen to Steve Kerr uh, discussing Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah, we've we've had. Uh several conversations, you know, during the playoffs, uh, you know, we had our exit interviews the last few days. So uh, JK and I have visited, is he upset that he didn't play? I think he's, he's frustrated that he didn't play, but I would hope anybody in his situation would be frustrated with, with, with not playing. I mean, that's, these guys are competitors and, you know, they're dying to be out there and um, you know, I didn't put him out there much. So uh, he has every right to be frustrated but anything beyond that is just a speculation. You know, we had a great conversation uh, with Bob Myers, and, and uh, we're excited about J.K. coming back next year. I think he's coming. He's uh, excited to be coming back, and it's all just continued growth. I've said this a million times, but, uh, you know, Steph and, and Draymond, they each told me when I asked them at, at dinner, you know, a few months back, I said, how, how long before you felt like you could impact winning in the NBA? And uh, Steph said his third year, Draymond said his fourth year. Huh. And these are guys who went to college for three and four years. So you're really, you know, you're really talking about they were 24, 25 years old, you know, with full college experience and multiple years of NBA experience before they felt like they could impact winning. So, you know, I, I'm going to reiterate it. This stuff does not happen overnight. And, you know, J.K. had a really good year. He helped us win, win a lot of games. He replaced Wiggs when Wiggs was out. Did a great job. And then the playoffs are, you know, they're a different animal. And you get Wiggs and Gary back, and suddenly there's a lot of depth out there. And you know, you're 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 gonna you're gonna have a harder time, you know, making an impact at at such a young age with so little experience. There's just there's so many nuances in every every single play, and all these young guys have have a lot to learn and that that will come with time but we can't rush it yeah i mean i don't think anyone's asking him to rush it but i think at the same time considering kaminga was an integral part of the golden state warriors just making the playoffs uh, andrew wiggins missed i believe the last 22 games of the regular season uh, while tending to his family and his ailing father and kaminga rose up i mentioned the stats uh that he poured in, uh, filling in, uh, you know, and again, he was a vital part of the Warriors just making the playoffs. Those games were important. Um, so while it took, 
Stephen Curry, you know, three, four years it took and Draymond and so forth, you know, whatever timetables they had for success. Um, that doesn't mean it applies to everyone. Every individual is different. And I do hope that Steve Kerr is cognizant of that fact. Um, but at the same time, it was encouraging to hear Kerr say uh, that he interpreted Kaminga's comments as frustration and didn't hold it against them. That's awesome. Um, I've been in the exact same boat as well in terms of, of having some sympathy for, for Kaminga's situation. Um, and, and let's hope that next year, uh, we see more of him. Zach Lowe reported, uh, in a report for ESPN, um, he is currently at the general manager's meetings, or at least he was, uh, he said that conversations involving Kaminga are healthy and that there would be a strong level of interest, uh, to trade for him. If that's the direction the Golden State Warriors want to go in. Um, that is a direction I hope they don't go in, but it's a, it's a direction you have to go in if you're not going to play Kaminga next year. Uh, next year is year three. Um, and if you can't find 25 minutes for a 6'8", 240-pound athletic freak uh, who at some points was prognosticated to possibly be the number one pick in one of the deepest drafts in history, he did fall to seven to the Golden State Warriors, but this kid is not a role player. So either start playing him or trade him, especially given the team is val has given the, the player has value right now. Um, and again, that's not what I want personally. I believe strongly in Kaminga. I think he could he if he's given the opportunity and if he's actually given the belief and confidence, he will turn into a superstar player. And I really hope Steve Kerr is is again aware of the fact that every individual matures and grows at a different rate. And just because Draymond said it took him three, four years to become an impact player on the winning side of things, just because uh, Stephen Curry said it took him uh, two, three years, um, it doesn't mean that's how long it's going to take Jonathan Kaminga. Everyone is different. Um, so again, but again, it was very encouraging to hear that from Kerr. And it probably explains uh, the change in tune from Jonathan Kaminga in his exit interviews. We played that sound earlier this week on the show. Um, where all of a sudden he was saying all the right things again um, in terms of biding his time, being patient, trying to become a complete player. Uh, it's, you know, one criticism that's incredibly annoying, it's an absolute misnomer. Uh, and the claim that I hear and read a lot is that Kaminga needs to improve his rebounding, that the rebounding numbers are not there. Kaminga himself said that's one area of his game he wants to work on. But be before you believe uh, that falsehood before you believe that that slander, that propaganda, that Jonathan Kaminga is not a, a good rebounder. Um, last year in his rookie season, he averaged 7.1 rebounds per 36 minutes. What that means is that if you project his minutes uh, and expand his statistics to average out over a 36 minute game instead of the, the, the less than 20 minutes he played his rookie year, he would average 7.1 rebounds per game. That number this year per 36 went down to 6.0 rebounds, but a, which is still a good number. But the reason why it went down is because Kaminga this year was assigned defensively to guard perimeter players. He oftentimes was, was in charge of defending the best offensive player on the other side of the ball. And when you're doing that, you're oftentimes away from the rim and not in a position to grab rebounds. Uh, his offensive rebounding, per 36, and in general, went up from last year to this year. 
uh, where the number took a small dip uh, was on the defensive side, which is completely explainable given the fact, again, that he was defending oftentimes the other team's best perimeter player. He was given those defensive assignments. Uh, if you watch the Warriors every game like I did, uh, you saw an improvement there. You saw an aggression there. Um, and, and personally, I think Jonathan Kaminga is going to be a fine basketball player. He just needs to be given the opportunity. Uh, before we move on to Bob Myers, uh, one of the things I, I have to mention as well in that same interview, uh, Steve Kerr did double down on his usage of the, the two-way players. Uh, he blamed Moses Moody for not being quick enough in practice during the season until very late. Uh, he kept using, you know, the, the, the clever verbiage that he loves using matchups, uh, nuance in his explanation for giving Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome, uh, the amount of minutes and time played that they, that they got this year. He doubled down on it. That is just asinine. The results did not substantiate, uh, playing those two, uh, they had no role in the postseason. It just it made no damn sense. Um, so, you know, I would have liked to have heard Steve Kerr acknowledge uh, making that mistake. There's nothing wrong with admitting you're wrong sometimes. Okay, you're, you're ever, we're all just human beings. None of us are perfect. Um, but he doubled down. Uh, but regardless, Steve Kerr to finish up uh, the, the Kaminga Kirk talk. Um, Steve Kerr also said in that same interview, "quote We had a great conversation with Bob Myers and we're excited." about Jonathan Kaminga coming back next year. I think he's excited to be coming back, unquote. Love that lot. Love those two sentences for two reasons. One, hopefully Jonathan Kaminga is excited. Hopefully the team's excited. And hopefully we see him play real minutes next year. But secondly, the fact that Bob Myers was involved in that conversation hopefully indicates Myers is not going anywhere. Very important to note as well today, Mark Spears of ESPN reported uh, that Mike Dunleavy Jr., uh, was attending the annual NBA general managers meeting, um, which was insinuating that this could be a sign that uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr., currently the assistant GM, was going to be taken over for Bob Myers. But he deleted the tweet, and I think that was for good reason. Bob Myers is currently at the draft combine in Chicago. He is scouting players to prepare the team for the 19th pick in the draft next month. So he's working right now. And again, the fact that he's at the draft combine right now, the fact that he has still scheduled his exit interview for next week, hopefully implies to me that he doesn't want to go anywhere. And, <clears throat> and I'm telling you this as fact, Bob Myers wants to get paid. And hopefully Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber open up the pocketbook and pay the two-time executive of the year. Uh, I'm next going to highlight what Bob Myers has done for the Golden State Warriors, simply because... I've, I've read some really wild content, at least on social media, uh, disparaging Bob Myers, playing down his role in orchestrating and crafting this dynasty. That is all utterly absurd and asinine, and I'm going to explain why uh, in just a moment. i got to give some love first to a, a very new sponsor of the program, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are all about clothing that is comfortable, that is a great fit, and that is versatile. I just got my box of bird dogs. The company was uh, kind enough and smart enough to send some clothes to the host so that we could actually wear the clothes ourselves. I'm not wearing mine today, but I will wear it for the show at some point. Um, but I can confirm what they try to market their brand as. It's comfy and it's versatile in the sense that you could wear the exact same bird dog clothing. You can go for a swim. You can uh, go, you could uh, barbecue a bunch of food, some burgers and hot dogs. 
Um, and immediately after that, you could wear those same clothes and go out for dinner. And, and, and that's where the versatility comes in. Their stretchy fabric makes you look good while, while feeling super comfy. And even though the pandemic's over, I think some things will live on forever from those days. I'm all about comfort now. I, I, I work from home. And so obviously looking good and feeling good, that combination is important. Is, is important. And that's what Bird Dogs is all about, um, is making you feel good, making you look good, and being functional in the process. So go to birddogs.com slash NBA to try out these super comfy clothes. Uh, and, and if you look below, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, there, there's their website right there and their information. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter the promo code locked on NBA, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. You are locked on warriors, your daily golden state warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, Kylan Mills finally joins me. Uh, Follow the program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs, where we'll post the time of the show. And yes, we will be live. So, uh, I mean, moving forward, there's going to be a lot of fun discussions about potential trades. Uh, there are free agents out there. The Warriors can only use the veteran minimum. But even so, the Warriors have, have, have acquired some fascinating players over the years with that bed minimum. And I'm about to list some of those to you in just a minute because it is now time to share Bob Myers' history and why he is the brains of this operation. Bob Myers has won the NBA Executive of the Year Award twice. He won it in 2014-15, the year the Golden State Warriors won the first title in the dynasty. And then he also won it in 2016-17 when they won the second title, the first year that Kevin Durant uh, was in the picture. But let's go back in time to June 28th, 2012. Because Bob Myers was hired. He was a former player agent. And he was hired... It was one of the first big hires by Joe Lacob and, and Peter Goober to be the new GM. Uh, he replaced uh, a Larry Riley, uh, who actually excelled at the job. He stuck around for, uh, I think, a year or two after as an assistant GM to help uh, tr- in the transition. Um, but Joe Lacob wanted a, a big name. He wanted a, a high-profile executive, and he got it in former agent Bob Myers. Bob Myers in his first draft with the seventh pick selected Harrison Barnes. Awesome. Harrison Barnes, um, while he didn't work out long-term, Harrison Barnes did turn out, uh, did turn into Kevin Durant, who turned into Andrew Wiggins. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But in his first draft, he drafted with the seventh pick, Harrison Barnes, a.k.a. the Senator, drafted Festus Azili with the 30th pick. Azili was the team's center for a few years, uh, backed up Andrew Bogut, took over the starting role for, for a brief amount of time. Uh, and then Draymond Green, was also drafted under the Myers regime. That was in the second round with the 35th pick. Uh, Draymond Green, future Hall of Famer. I don't think I need to get into that. It's also vitally important that uh, Bob Myers and Draymond Green have a very close relationship. Draymond Green currently uh, debating whether or not he's going to exercise that player option or enter unrestricted free agency. And he has said so himself. 
that the future of Bob Myers will play a huge role in his decision regarding his future with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Warriors that offseason or that draft also drafted a player named uh, Ajnian Kuzmik, who didn't end up doing anything, but he was the a second round pick, 52 in that draft. Um, I'm not going to list literally every draft pick that Bob Myers did, but his first one was big. Harrison Barnes was part of that that first championship team. Harrison Barnes was part of the 73 win team, uh, and Harrison Barnes turned into Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, one of the greatest defensive players in the history of this game revolutionized the Warriors in terms of small ball. Uh, a 6'5 uh, player who can defend one through five and who offensively is not a terrific shooter, but he's not an awful shooter either. He can attack the paint. He's a terrific ball handler. Uh, until this year, we saw him handle the point guard role a lot. I don't know what happened this year. That is something that, that myself and no one else has really mentioned all that much. Why wasn't Draymond Green... Uh, bring the ball up the floor this year as much. I, I really don't know why that is, um, but he still had another solid season with assists. And regardless, we all know how good Draymond Green is. That was a Bob Myers draft pick. Um, that same offseason, the Warriors made a three-team trade to acquire a player named Jared Jack. Jared Jack was playing for the New Orleans Hornets. He was a vitally important uh, uh, acquisition for the Warriors. If you've forgotten about Jared Jack, uh, even though he played point guard, uh, the Warriors oftentimes employed a two-point guard lineup where Jack and Stephen Curry played together. And Jared Jack was fundamental in the 2013 playoffs in that upset of the Denver Nuggets in the first round when the Warriors were the sixth seed. Um, so credit Bob Myers for that. Bob Myers also orchestrated the sign and trade to get Andre Iguodala. Uh, to the team, even though like people uh, uh, label him as a free agent acquisition for the Warriors back then, it was actually a sign and trade that was orchestrated uh, in the waning moment. So so Bob Myers was responsible for that incredible draft, responsible for acquiring Jared Jack, who in, in that moment was uh, instrumental and important, um, and then acquired Andre Iguodala, a vitally important piece for the dynasty. Uh, a year later in the offseason, following the Warriors upsetting the Nuggets in the first round before losing uh, to the San Antonio Spurs in six games in the second round, the Warriors were back at it again. And this time they signed Maurice Spates as a free agent, a free agent big who, even though he's not going to obviously be in the Hall of Fame, I don't think he was ever an all-star, but he was fundamental off the bench. When you hear the adage strength in numbers, Maurice Spates was a huge part of that. A year later, after the Warriors were eliminated in the first round uh, by the L.A. Clippers in a playoff series where the Warriors lost Andrew Boga to injury, lost a series in seven games to a Clipper team led by Chris Paul and Blake Griffin back when Lob City was a thing. So the Warriors have uh, a disappointing finish uh, in the playoffs. They fire Mark Jackson. I don't know if fire is the right word. I think Mark Jackson's contract was just not renewed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but under the Bob Myers regime, for all you Steve Kerr lovers out there, he hired Steve Kerr. Uh, and, and along with uh, the ownership, they convinced Steve Kerr to not sign with the New York Knicks as their head coach. In case you forgot, Phil Jackson was hired as in the same role that Bob Myers has with the Warriors. Phil became that person with the New York Knicks. And Phil had recruited Steve Kerr to become his head coach there. Kerr was all set to go. Until the Mark Jackson uh, uh, situation fizzled, um, the team decides not to bring him back. And Steve Kerr is suddenly looking at the Warriors like, wow, that's a situation 
I'd probably rather go to than the New York Knicks. Um, Phil Jackson thankfully gave his blessing uh, to Steve Kerr changing his mind, understanding how much more lucrative that situation was. Uh, and look, in his first year with the Warriors, they won a world championship. That same offseason, the Golden State Warriors also signed Sean Livingston to a multi-year contract, who was fundamental, instrumental in the dynasty. They also signed Leandro Barbosa uh, that offseason as a free agent. Something else the Warriors did, which was ended up being pivotal, and this was part of Bob Myers, you know, like, like again, he was the GM. He's the one that has to get credit for the good and bad in terms of personnel decisions. Well, Bob Myers decided we're not going to trade Clay Thompson to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Kevin Love. That trade was on the table. The Warriors reportedly considered it, and the Warriors decided, no, we're not going to do it. And, and that was huge. I mean, imagine how much regret everyone who loves the Warriors and who's involved with the Warriors, how much regret there would be if uh, the Warriors had traded Klay Thompson for Kevin Love. Probably no dynasty if that happened. So that was huge. Um, and then shortly after uh, uh, that offseason, the Warriors won 67 games, won their first uh, world championship in 40 years. Uh, that then then that following offseason, uh, the Warriors drafted Damian Jones with the 30th pick. Um, Damian Jones he ended up playing in the NBA for a while, didn't really amount to much. Um, wasn't that impactful of a starting center. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight everyone. Uh, all the major uh, uh, players, at least that Bob Myers acquired as free agents or draft picks. Important to note that number 30 in the draft is not an easy place to score. Uh, high quality talent. Um, it's a swing and miss position. Uh, more times than not, number 30 picks are a miss. Uh, and so Damian Jones was a miss, but he did play some minutes for the Golden State Warriors. I wouldn't call it a bad draft pick. He just didn't turn into a star. Um, that same draft, the Warriors also traded $2.4 million in cash to the Milwaukee Bucks for Patty McCraw, Patrick McCaw. Uh, a player who ultimately left the Warriors uh, to because he wanted more playing time, went to uh, the Toronto Raptors. Um, but Patrick McCaw had some moments off the bench, um, and again, the, the, the so the so the war and I believe he was a second round pick. Um, the Warriors. I'm sorry, I have my my calendar uh, backwards here. I, I also have to add that uh, in. Before this, uh, in the previous draft, I forgot to mention this earlier. I'm sorry. My order here got messed up. In 2015, um, the Warriors drafted Kevon Looney. Uh, he was the number 30 pick also uh, in the 2015 NBA draft. So so Kevon Looney was a, a massive success story. Again, as the 30th pick in 2015, Damian Jones, the 30th pick in 2016, did not really pay off as much. Um, so we know what happened in 2016. The Warriors win 73 games, but unfortunately, uh, they, they tap out losing in seven in the NBA finals, um, which led to Kevin Durant. The Warriors traded, uh, acquired Kevin Durant, uh, and signed him to a multi-year contract, uh, trading Harrison Barnes, uh, to make room for him. Um, that same off season, the Warriors also signed David West, massively huge pickup. That offseason, the Warriors also signed Zaza Pachulia. Massively huge pickup. That offseason, the Warriors also signed JaVale McGee. And those signings, those four signings, Durant, West, Pachulia, and McGee, 
helped form the two or two of the most dominant years in NBA history by one team. The Warriors win back-to-back titles at that at that point. Uh, in 2017, after the, the second title, the first in the Kevin Durant era, the Warriors signed Matt Barnes, great veteran, helped him win that second title. Uh, that same offseason, the Warriors traded uh, $3.5 million in cash to the Chicago Bulls to get Jordan Bell, a player who contributed. Jordan Bell's got a weird history. I don't know if you consider him a success or failure, somewhere in between. He had his moments. Um, and, and again, he was a second round pick. So it's hard to, to really be critical of anyone who's drafted in the second round, uh, or traded in this case uh, for cash. That's something the Warriors can no longer do, by the way, as part of the new collective bargaining agreement, uh, teams cannot trade cash. I don't know. I can't remember if, it, if, uh, only teams who are above the, the second apron of luxury tax penalties cannot do it or, or if trading cash for picks and players is off the board entirely. But regardless, the Warriors won't be able to do that next year. Um, but they did do that to get Jordan Bell. Uh, the Warriors also signed Quinn Cook to a two to a two way contract. Cook was surprisingly important, played big minutes uh, for a Warriors team that won a title uh, in the 2017-18 season. In 2018, the Golden State Warriors had the 28th pick in the draft and signed Jacob Evans a third. That was a swing and a miss. They're, and again, you're, they're not all going to be perfect. If there is no GM in the history of the game uh, who has a perfect draft record, let alone a perfect draft record, if a lot of your picks are in the late 20s to 30. Um, so, yeah, Jacob Evans, the third, that was a swing and a miss, but it was with the 28th pick. Uh, you have to live with some misses that late in the draft. Um, that same offseason, the Warriors signed Demarcus Cousins as a free agent. And we know what happened there at the end. Um, unfortunately, the Warriors did not three-peat. That same offseason, I would call this a swing and a slight miss in terms of free agents. Uh, the Warriors signed uh, Jonas Drebko, uh, who did play some big minutes. His size, his outside shooting was sometimes very valuable, um, but he was also part of the team that unfortunately made it to the NBA Finals and did not win. The following offseason, the Warriors traded uh, Damian Jones and a future second-round pick to the Atlanta Hawks for Amari Spellman. People liked him. He ended up getting traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, don't know what he's doing these days. Uh, that offseason, the Warriors signed Damian Lee to a two-way contract. Damian Lee was contributed a lot of minutes last year uh, on a world championship campaign. Uh, that offseason, the Warriors also signed Kendrick Nunn, who for a brief moment in time was a great player. Uh, he didn't last with the Warriors, though. Uh, in the following year, the, the, the Warriors uh, then in the draft, in June 20th, 2019, more specifically, they drafted Jordan Poole with the 28th pick. Um, he was on the way to being an amazing player. Still might be. Uh, Stephen Curry the other day uh, uh, praised him. Um, bottom line is this. And we're going to get into this a lot more, uh, but I, but I want to slip this in real fast. The Golden State Warriors, if they're going to Im improve this roster, if they're going to make changes this, this offseason, they're incredibly limited because of the salary cap and because of all the guaranteed deals uh, that they've currently issued to a lot of players. The Warriors really only have two avenues for making uh, big changes this year. One is trading Jordan Poole, and two is trading Jonathan Kaminga. That's it. So they're incredibly limited. So if the Warriors don't trade either of those players, and again, you know how I feel about Kaminga. I hope they keep him and give him a run. Um, Jordan Poole, he regressed this year. And I'm on this, and look, 
as of right now, I mean, obviously depends on what you get back, but I would not complain if Jordan Poole was traded. Nonetheless, he was the sixth man on a world championship team last year, uh, and he averaged over 20 points a game this year. So to say that Jordan Poole has the 28th pick in the draft was a failure, I I would not agree with that assessment at all. Uh, I would say he was probably ended up being wildly successful, although long-term still remains to be seen. But um, so in 2019, in June of 2019, the Warriors drafted Jordan Poole with the 28th pick. They drafted Eric Pascal with the 41st pick uh, and someone named Mie Oni uh, with the 58th pick. Uh, we, I don't think we ever saw him in a Warriors uniform. Um, that same offseason, they also traded uh, Cash, uh, a, a future second round pick, um, who ended up being someone named David Johnson, and a 2023 second round draft pick, that's this year, to the New Orleans Pelicans for Alan Smilajic, uh, who was with the team for about two years before being released. Um, that same offseason, the very next day, the Warriors traded uh, Mie Oni to the Utah Jazz for $2 million cash. They actually got money back. Uh, that same offseason, the Warriors traded Kevin Durant. It was a sign and trade. Durant decided he wanted to go. Um, they also traded a 2020 first round pick uh, to the Brooklyn Nets, who they got back was Travion Graham, Shabazz Napier and D'Angelo Russell, who was the vitally important uh, uh, piece in that trade. Um, the Warriors that offseason also signed Willie Cauley-Stein. That didn't amount to much. Uh, they signed Glenn Robinson the third. That didn't amount to much. They signed Alec Burks. That didn't amount to much. And they signed Marquise Chris. Didn't amount to much, but a lot of people liked him. I wouldn't have minded him on the roster this year, uh, given the Warriors needed size. Um but we all know that season was a wash. The dynasty was regrouping. Stephen Curry was hurt four games in. Uh, Clay Thompson had the torn ACL at that point, so he was already out for the year. The Warriors had no chance. So the team was doing what they had to do just to make it through a year, uh, a, a year where, where Draymond completely mailed it in. Um, and that resulted uh, in the team eventually getting the number two pick, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, that same season... Uh, the Warriors traded Jacob Evans III, Amari Spellman, and D'Angelo Russell to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first-round pick, which turned into Jonathan Kaminga, uh, a 2021 second-round pick, who ended up being Miles McBride. Um, and obviously, that was a massive highlight. The Warriors essentially said bye to Kevin Durant, and in return, got Andrew Wiggins, the second best player on a world championship team last year, and Jonathan Kaminga, who right now remains to be seen what his impact's going to be. Um, so, but this is when it all started to turn around again for the Warriors. Uh, that same year, the Warriors also signed Juan Toscano Anderson for the rest of the season. He ended up being a quality bench piece, a player that mysteriously was not back with the team this year. Now, one uh, blunder. Uh, very minor blunder, but this is not was not a positive uh, under the Myers regime. Uh, the Warriors also signed Michael Mulder uh, to a multi-year contract. That one did not work out. Uh, and I bring up Mulder because he did play significant minutes for the 2021 Warriors. Um, the Warriors drafted James Wiseman with a number two pick. The Warriors also drafted Nico Mannion in the second round with the 48th pick. And Justinian Jessup with the 51st pick in the second round. Um Obviously, none of that worked out. Um, now, the, the reason why I, I don't hold the 2020 draft over Kerr's head that much, or I'm sorry, over Myers' head that much, 
is because that was a very weak draft. And with the number two pick, all the players that did pan out, there wasn't a lot of them, but there was a few, they were further down the road. And and teams did not want to trade up with the Warriors. Uh, And when you have the number two pick, you got to swing, you got to swing big. You have to, and we're never going to know really if, if Wiseman was ultimately uh, Myers fault for drafting him, but we never really saw him play and who knows how he's going to turn out. Um, but nonetheless, you know, that, that just, it didn't work out. So um, the Warriors also uh, signed that off season, Brad Wanamaker, who uh, played minutes for the 2021 team. They also signed Kent Bazemore, who also played minutes for the 2021 team. That 2021 team shockingly finished the season six games above 500. And it's a season that I still strongly argue should have been an MVP year for Stephen Curry. Steph finished second in MVP voting that year. Uh, another huge signing that season, this was toward the end of the year, the Warriors and Bob Myers more specifically signed Gary Payton the second to a 10-day contract. That turned into a guaranteed deal. Uh, and thankfully he's still with the team now, um, horribly misused, but he's still with the team that off season, the Warriors drafted Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, two players that I still maintain strongly are the future of the Warriors and how they turn out will dictate how well the Warriors are five years from now. Um, that off season, the Warriors and Bob Myers signed Otto Porter Jr. They signed Imania Bialica. Um, they traded Eric Pascal to the Utah Jazz uh, and got a trade exception that was mostly a cost-cutting slash minutes move. Um, they brought Andre Iguodala back. Chris Chioza was their backup point guard to a two-year contract. They signed Quindary Weatherspoon, a player I thought the Warriors missed this season. Um, and, and this brings us to the present day. I mean, we all know what he's done uh, the last year. I do not blame him for the Anthony Lamb, Ty Jerome fiasco. That was a Steve Kerr uh, call. Um, but Lester Quinones, I will credit Bob Myers. He could be a legitimate player for the team next year. Uh, Bob Myers also was able to get Dante DiVincenzo uh, and sign Jermichael Green. The Jermichael Green signing, I don't you can't really call that a success. But um, And they got Gary Payne the second back this season. And then Lester Quinones was signed to a two-way to uh, to two contract where he's currently out with the Warriors. That's Bob Myers for you. And that is his history. That is what he's been responsible for. And in my humble opinion, he without him, there is no dynasty. And if he leaves, the dynasty's over. Plain and simple. Because if he goes, Draymond's going to follow. And then it's all about the Mike Dunleavy Jr. era, all about uh, the, the Joe Lacob and his son era, I, who knows what's going to happen if Bob Myers leaves. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Hope you learned a lot from that. And uh, that's that's the Bob Myers experience. Uh, overwhelmingly positive, phenomenal general manager. Let's hope he stays. Kyle Mills joins me tomorrow. Thank you for uh, coming along on the ride today. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back at it soon.